1: Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
0: As we do on a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian lobby, Dan Flynn, speaking to us from country Victoria today. Dan is the Chief Political Officer at the ACL. Dan, welcome back to 2020.
1: Thanks very much, Neil.
0: Uh, Dan, the big one, Uh, just a few days ago, Thursday night last week, the Victorian conversion bill passed... Uh, without any amendments, uh, 27 votes to nine, as the dust begins to settle on such an incredible, uh, momentous decision uh, from the Victorian government, a uh, deadly one in, in the sense of, uh, of of some aspects of this. Uh, what are your thoughts for how things are starting to settle after the Victorian Upper House passed that bill last week?
1: Look, I think it's, um, it's quite shocking in that really what has been criminalised is a basic Christian belief and the the articulation of a Christian rule for you as to uh, marriage, sexuality, and gender. So uh, you now have a law that has been passed uh, by both houses, supported largely by both Labor and uh, ultimately the Liberal Party. Uh, that uh, you know means that when you read certain passages of the Bible aloud in church, you may want to skip certain passages. Uh, you in a private conversation with a family member uh, who uh, might be confused about their gender, you need to be very careful because the full weight of the state um, you know, may come crashing into that household uh, if you give uh, you know, some advice that's uh, not um, you know, trans-affirming, for example. So uh, this is a matter of great concern. Obviously, um, the Christian community was very united in Victoria during this campaign. I think some 400 uh, faith leaders, denominational leaders, uh, together with Islamic leaders, uh, you know, wrote to the premier in large numbers. Uh, they put their name to it. It was advertised in the paper, full-page advertisements, rallies outside the steps of Parliament's, uh, numerous emails, phone calls. Uh, but uh, ultimately, the bill passed. Um, certainly, um, our manager director Mark Miles has been very clear. Uh, that this is um, a situation where we ought to uh, not self-censor and we ought to uh, continue to speak the truth uh, rather than be suppressed uh, in our statement of biblical truth. Uh, so um, this is a law that, uh, you know, one where we must obey God rather than man. Uh, that, is, that should be our approach to this bill.
0: Uh, That's an interesting one and uh, guidance coming here from the Australian Christian Lobby and uh, noting your legal background and also the legal background of Martin Isles uh, saying that uh, this is the approach that Christians ought to have to continue to speak the truth and uh, I guess, you know, let's say speak the truth in love but this is truth around marriage, around gender, around sex around family. These are the sorts of things that he's encouraging believers to do, even though the law is now changing in Victoria.
1: There's um, there's something very permanent about the Word of God. There's something, this is a, uh, a, brush, a brush stroke of legislation, as Martin has described it. But you cannot uh, outlaw the truth, you cannot outlaw the Bible, uh, and that's what this attempts to do. Uh, there's never been anything like it in Australia and and we really must stand against it. Uh, it's a, you know, we may be entering into more difficult times Is part of that reality uh, where uh, perhaps politeness is not always the response. So this is the challenge we face. The bill has passed. It has to go to the governor uh, for a royal assent, but there's really... That's that's merely a formality and I think there's some something like uh, 12 months before it's implemented. But again... Uh, There's nothing that can be done uh, in a legislative sense to actually stop this uh, coming to pass. Can I say this, Neil? The atheist crossbench, and they're not all atheists, but many of them are, the Liberal Democrats, uh, they put really the Christians, uh, many Christians in the parliament to shame by actually opposing the bill. Uh, The Democrats were saying, well, uh, you know, we will not allow a law that prevents discussions by consent between adults to be banned. Uh, One uh, MP who doesn't uh, uh, declare to be a person of faith voted against the bill. He's a crossbencher. Uh, He said, well, what's next? Tape recording uh, confessions in church. Is that next? And so there were some very clear-sighted people who don't profess faith uh, who who voted against this. And of all the Liberals, there were only two who crossed the floor uh, who deserve special mention. That's Bernie Finn and Bev McArthur. Very brave. Uh, their their leaders dictate uh, clearly was to vote for the bill. Uh, they crossed the floor, which is a um, something that can be very career limiting. Uh, but but thank God they did, uh, which you know resulted in a very brave uh, nine MPs voting against the bill. Um, and obviously, as you know, Neil and your listeners know, uh, this has potential reach obviously across the country. Because if anybody says or does anything, perhaps online uh, on Facebook, uh, which is perceived by somebody in Victoria to be a uh, conversion practice, uh, then the Victorian police can come and visit them. So we're very concerned about the development. Uh, we are in for the long game, Neil, and um, uh, this is this is uh, this is clearly a, a defeat in terms of this bill but I do think that the movement of faith people is growing um, and that there'll be, there will be a pendulum swing. Uh, so tough times at the moment. We'll get through it.
0: Dan, let me ask you this question. Uh, when the bill applies to all Australians, and uh, you just gave the illustration there, say someone made some sort of comment on Facebook and it affected a person in Victoria, Uh, Some people are asking, how can a bill that passes into law in Victoria affect every Australian? Uh, What would the federal government think of that when uh, Dan Andrews is making national laws?
1: Well, the federal government has been remarkably quiet on this. Uh, We've heard nothing at all from our political leadership. Um, And you would think that it cannot be constitutional uh, for there to be such a a breach Uh, by one state into other states. Uh, We should bear in mind that this law is not a law that's supported uh, even by the Law Institute of Victoria who would be a very progressive group. Uh, They basically say look, um, one of the things that really should be excluded from this bill, for example, is discussions within families. Uh, There was an amendment put up to exclude Mm -hmm. family discussions and that was defeated. Uh, So The AMA such a bad bill that, you know, medical practitioners don't know, you know, what risk they face in exploring all issues when a particular problem presents. Um, And so, you know, I I say that to say, well, the um, unconstitutional overreach into other states is just one of a number of very glaring uh, matters. It looks like this was not really prepared by lawyers, but uh, those with an ideological barrow to push.
0: Concerning Dan when you've got a bill that aligns a Christian uh, practice of prayer or pastoral care with the idea of torture uh, there's an organization uh, i saw reported the uh, the international rehabilitation council for torture victims uh, they uh, they of course uh, put into their list of things that are considered to be conversion therapy practices like beatings and rape and electrocution and forced medication confined Uh, forced nudity, verbal abuse and aversion therapy and other extreme things like castration and lobotomy and all of a sudden you have this alignment Christian prayer, pastoral care, it's a torture Uh, that's what the Victorian government appears to have actually uh, made into law that prayer is in fact aligned with torture any ideas around that, is that a too extreme way to, to describe it?
1: Oh, no, I think that's fair enough, the This was part of the, the government's sales pitch around this. The Victorian government was saying, look, we must ban torture, et cetera, et cetera. You know? And, of course, we agree with that. And um, you know, the Australian Christian Lobby, all Christian groups and churches would support any law that banned coercive um, practices against you know gay people or trans people. Clearly, they're horrendous and should be banned, no question. But under that sales pitch, what they brought in was prayer practice, conversations within families, uh, medical counselling that did not uh, you know, support LGBTI ideology. So uh, the, the, the subtle non-affirming uh, or non-LGBT affirming uh, materials have been thrown in the same basket as cruelty. So, of course, um, people, when they hear um, banning conversion practices like oh yes I agree with that uh, without knowing what's actually been caught up in the net so um, but it is our view that what was in fact targeted was prayer uh, was any conversation that would uh, you know perhaps slow a child down in transitioning that they, they were the actual targets because there is absolutely no evidence of such uh, cruel or coercive practices happening in churches anywhere in Australia. Um, hasn't happened for decades. So they were banning it, you know, on the face of it, a, uh, a non issue to get to something that for the ideo- ideologically motivated LGBTI people was a big issue, and that is prayer and that is um, uh, suppression of uh, or questioning of children who wish to change gender.
0: Is it the case, Dan, that over this next 12 months, until this royal assent that comes from the governor and the legislation then becomes an active law, that there'll be a need within church organizations to discuss fairly deeply the way that they talk about issues like this, and so around prayer and pastoral care, because as I understand it and from uh, that same report I'm just uh, uh, talking about uh, just uh, went, appeared in the uh, in the conversation uh, was uh, is uh, is this idea that some of the terminology that's often used in churches, like sexual brokenness, uh, even uh, the scripture reading and fasting and retreats and spiritual healing, that these sorts of things. Are, uh, are somehow or other, these are going to be banned, outlawed practices uh, when it comes to people with unwanted same-sex attraction. So there's got to be a big conversation within churches, would you say?
1: Oh, well, I think so. And, and I, there, are, there are obviously, um, you know, a large amount of people who are uh, same-sex attracted. Uh, they're in faith communities, and uh, you know, regularly will meet for support, and encouragement to help them stay aligned to their biblical belief and to primarily identify as Christians and and to live accordingly. Um, The concern for many of these people who who are same sex attracted is that that support, uh, that mutual support, will now be illegal. And so churches who, who, um, you know, I suppose facilitate those type of meetings for LGBT people of faith will now no longer be able to do that. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it has serious impacts uh, on, on all people of faith. And in fact, um, you know, LGBT people of faith uh, will be perhaps, you know, really hit hard. They will not be able to get uh, any help uh, to live according to a, a biblical uh, standard of um, uh, sexuality.
0: Dan, as is the case with any anti-conversion laws that we could identify all around the world, and oftentimes they're to do with religious practice and Christians become a target. Uh, Here we have a a targeting of Christians Uh, over this next 12 months, as you say, there is a uh, a waiting time because the law doesn't come into practice for 12 months till the uh, royal assent from the governor. But for those who are opponents of the Christian church, and uh, we can probably identify that there are people who would be uh, wanting to attack the Christian church, is this next 12 months, even though the law doesn't? have effect, is there likely to be a whole lot of evidence gathering coming from the opponents of the church? And so a need in this next 12 months to be very cautious about the way you actually uh, do have any sort of prayer and pastoral care issues?
1: Uh, look, we would certainly advise against that sort of self-censoring. I mean, church church governing bodies will have to determine this for themselves, uh, but we would invi- advise against that self-censoring. Um Life can become difficult, but it's important to stand for the truth and to speak the truth. Uh, If we cave in on this and um, you know refuse to have uh, conversations with our children, or refuse to uh, read certain passages of the Bible, um, then you know uh, we've caved in way too much. So yes, there'll be conversations. Yes, there'll be synods meeting, etc., etc. We would we would counsel against. Um, you know modifying uh, behavior uh, and um, uh, you know such a stand by the church may lead to the repeal of this um, there's a, it's a farewell to election at the end of next year in victoria um, and um, you know if, if sufficient people stand up the bill may be repealed uh, if we if we swallow it completely it'll be um, completely set in concrete. For
0: decades to come. Okay, so the wisdom is: don't self-censor, but keep holding to biblical truth. And uh, when it comes around issues of gender and sexuality and marriage, uh, biblical truth hold true on that. And no doubt uh, there will be some friction and some tensions and the likelihood is, Dan, and uh, we're only speculating here, but the likelihood is there will be a number of cases that will likely go through and be tested in the courts. Uh, Is that the likely future that we're we're going to see here if uh, if Christians do hold true to a biblical truth?
1: Certainly, Neil, and um, uh, yeah, there will be court cases. The uh, Equal Opportunity Commission here can go into a church Without complaint, um, and they might, you know, target a particular church that, you know, um, that you know, of their choosing, and uh, listen to what's said, talk to people, um, and um, you know, and then they can uh, take some proceeding against a church. uh, So, and then they could then end up in the courts, and that will be that will be good, and that will be useful uh, to test what some of these phrases mean. What does it mean to uh, suppress? of gender uh, what does a pre- practice mean uh, it may be very helpful uh, for the courts to in fact assist Christians uh, in this matter by really uh, reading down uh, some of these definitions so then help may come from the courts uh, but being involved in such a proceeding is not easy for a church uh, or an individual uh, so um tells you
0: times ahead head on this Neil? They are. Dan, we've almost run out of time. Need to be very quick now but just a, a thought or two because there's another very important issue that is coming up in South Australia and that is the abortion to birth bill. Uh, there was a huge march in Adelaide, the Walk for Life that happened last Saturday. 5,000 people turned out uh, but this is now likely to be debated in the South Australian Parliament as early as next week. Uh, give us some insight here into what's happening in South Australia, what you might hope that listeners to our program today might do?
1: Uh, Neil, a terrific turnout by people in the rain. Uh, you know, quite heavy rain in Adelaide. It would have been double the number had it not been raining. But to see four and a half to 5,000 people on the streets was uh, absolutely remarkable. Uh, a number of members of Parliament, uh, Martin Isles addressing that audience and uh, just uh, an outstanding show of force in a kind of COVID environment where you know, the government wouldn't have wanted more than, you know, 1,000 people to attend. Um, people obviously were COVID safe, they had a plan. There was a brilliant turnout. The point of it all is that um, this, the, the topic really under discussion here is liberalising the late-term abortion. A poll revealed that 71% of South Australians don't support late-term abortion, and that's, that is kind of reflected in that show of wars on the streets. Uh, the numbers on this issue of late-term abortion are very close uh, the numbers in the parliament and there's uh, some very intense lobbying work happening uh, in that state uh, really by probably both sides of the debate so that's certainly a matter of prayer for our listeners and you know um, we would expect uh, the outcome on the issue of late-term abortion to be within you know a handful of votes and it's uh, very important to pray uh, this is a matter about which we are very uh, uh, you know we're optimistic and um, you know we, we do think that uh, more and more people realise that um, uh, you know obviously anybody who's any child who's post 24 weeks um, you know they, they, they do feel pain uh, they are they can be born alive uh, all of these things uh, despite uh, one's Christian perspective, but of course life begins at conception. Even for someone who doesn't hold that conviction, it's just, it's just plain obvious uh, that a child and a woman post-24 weeks uh, should be allowed to live uh, and that there should be um, great uh, restrictions on such an abortion. So that's what's up for the debate. And, um and uh, if the other side have their way uh, then it'll be effectively abortion on demand, uh, but the um, Big shout out to Christopher Bro here, Senator Alex Antic, and others in South Australia, uh, including members of Parliament in both the Liberal and Labor Party uh, in South Australia. Some very courageous and outspoken members of Parliament uh, in both on both sides. That's a conscience vote, and so our prayers are really directed towards the next week when the bill is debated.
0: OK, so that bill uh, was scheduled to be debated last week. It was adjourned to the 16th of February, which is next Tuesday. And your encouragement uh, for those who live in South Australia listening to our conversation today, contact your MP to oppose that bill. Let me point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website where you can undoubtedly see some good resources, articles about the sorts of things we're talking about today, very important issues and questions that are coming to light around all of the things that are happening in Australia right now. It's acl.org.au. That's the website of the Australian Christian Lobby, acl.org.au. Dan Fleen is the Chief Political Officer at the ACL. Dan, thanks so much for the update today on 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil, and thank you to your listeners.